Union of the Unknowns, a podcast dedicated to the exploration of modern culture, presents a weekly digest of current events that may have slipped past your radar. This is not your mama's news. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Not Your Mama's News. Here we are in, where are we? May 2023. Uh, good to see you guys again. How is everybody? Good day, Mike. Doing well, how are you? I'm doing good. Good, well. This Excellent, excellent. This is uh, Stella coming to you from Australia. And today we have with us Ashley, Think Change Repeat from our Discord group. Hey, Ashley. Hey there. We also have Keelthor from also our Discord group. How you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. Good, good. And Justin Ismkant from our Discord group. How are you going? Good afternoon. Good morning. <laughs> uh, so here we are to go over the headlines or whatever news has taken our fancy, preferably something not too mainstream. Uh, we'll start off with Keel. What do you got for us? I've got a story out of the Pacific Northwest, our good friends over in uh, Portland, Oregon, well, actually the whole entire state of Oregon, in an effort to stem the rampant homelessness that's going on over in that area. They have signed a bill into law that makes it perfectly legal to camp for as long as you want on any public space. Just put hey, up your tent. You... You, you can't can... have homeless people if if there's no definition of a home. That's it. You've nailed it. And on top of that, if they get, quote, harassed, they can sue for up to $1,000 if they're harassed or told to relocate. And then they can get a home. And there you go. Wow. Wow. I think it's a great idea. Yeah, that is. Yeah. I'm going to move straight out there and get a house right next to an empty lot so I can smell and watch the disgusting river of homeless trash as it flows on past my window. That so, is bleak. What happens if I harass these people on the internet? Are they going to, like, try and prosecute me in Oregon and, like, um, put out a warrant for me? And uh, what's it called when they press charges on you from somewhere else? Uh, oh, a useless effort. <laughs> well, I mean, we're in the Biden administration. Uh, I don't know. Right. I, I'm sure that they couldn't. They couldn't prosecute you. Extradite. From That's what I was looking for. Well, Oregon's going to extradite me. If you had committed a crime in Oregon that was criminal and left, and then a different state could extradite you back to Oregon, but I don't think. Well, you know what? If you went into Oregon. And just yelled at the homeless piece of shit. Hey, get your shit out of here. Get get out of here. Get your damn half-blown tents and crack rocks and all that shit. Get it out of here. They could they could maybe try to sue you for that if you left. And then they maybe maybe it doesn't say it's a crime to do that. It just says they can they're allowed to sue you for up to a thousand dollars. So they're know. homeless, but they can afford lawyers to sue people. Oh, the lawyers will take it up pro bono for like 50%. Yeah, probably. Oh, okay. 
I mean, $500 buys you a lot of crack rocks. Yeah, so that seems like a perverse incentive to the homeless to just accuse people of harassing them. And these lawyers can probably bust out a dozen of those cases in a day. That's six grand. Hmm. So can you tell me from, like, being a non-American, this is Oregon, Portland, was it? Portland, Oregon, yep. So what's what's the purpose here? What's what's the what's the purpose of this? Is there a lot of immigrants up there? Um, these are, are just these are just homeless folks, and when you when you say homeless, usually you think they've lost their home, but they're really just uh, on the on the on the legitimate end of the spectrum. They are hapless drug addicts and mental mental patients who just mm. cannot. They it's they're physically incapable of getting their shit together. Yeah. And yeah. and there's it's like the wave of and this is this goes back decades, but like the wave of, you know, hippie culture, you know, rejection of private property ownership culture that happened in the sixties crashed mm. you know on that side of the country. So Portland is one of those very liberal cities that has this kind of culture like that or they don't they don't go out of their way to try to clean up homelessness from their cities so you yeah right. seattle's like that portland's like that san francisco that was a lot of words for retarded commies yeah. um so often, okay so they're mainly people who've lived there sorry Matt. they're mainly people people who've lived there oops um they're not like coming in from mexico and like they're not making allowances. I think it is people that are living a vagrant lifestyle. And I think some of them are probably local, but I think some people migrate there because they know that the city is friendly to the homeless population. And uh, like Kiel was saying, that's definitely an issue in Portland, uh, San Francisco. And as Monica Perez has pointed out, they basically imported that problem to Austin, Texas. And now when you hear people talking about their life in Austin, Texas, they will talk about the homeless problem. But really, it seems that to me that this is part of the agenda to make these cities just like unbearable to live in so that right. they can have these programs like like uh, what Kiel's talking about and empty things out, have their track trace database, have their UBI in, in whatever way they want to do it. But it's very troubling when you see some of the places. But I don't really think it's immigrant population. I think it's probably Americans for the most part. I picture a lot of 20, 30-year-old spoiled white children. That's, uh, that's think... a big part of it as well. Yeah. Huge, huge... I was going to say, do you think part of it is uh, people who've maybe been affected by COVID and are now homeless? Do you think there'd be a lot of yeah, people? It was a problem before that. I mean, this is I a, think that's, a while. I wouldn't be surprised if that was part of it, um, at least. And I don't think we could discount that that could be an element no, of it. But I would say I'm that sure. most of it is mentally ill or people that are beyond strung out on drugs. At least yeah. that's what it seems like to me. And whenever there's an account that I follow on Twitter, I can't recall his handle at the moment, but he is like a man on the street kind of in San Francisco. And he talks to these, um, to the people 
the homeless population and they are drugged out. It is really, really bad, really bad. Yep. Yeah. There's a couple uh, quotes in here from legitimate home homed folks uh, having to live around this stuff. And they're saying things like, uh, no one is legally supposed to be camping here. No one's supposed to be giving fellatio in the corner. No one's supposed to be shooting up heroin in plain sight. No one's supposed to be here trespassing on a property. That was a guy from who lives in Eugene, which is right next to Portland. What a fucking bigot. Seriously. And uh, I, I love Portland. I love where I live. Um, they want to get rid of this thing, though. My favorite one is this guy they talked to. Armand Martins, an 83-year-old Vietnam veteran, uh, says he felt safer walking down the streets of Saigon than he does in Portland these days. That's basically the movie plot of Gran Turismo. Yeah. Yes, Clint Eastwood. Yeah. So my question is, once a city is so far gone, let's say that the people, because they're also the commonality is that these cities are known to be extremely liberal cities so let's just say that some that the people wake up i know this is a pie in the sky but let's just say that they do and let's say that somebody comes in there is like i'm gonna clean these streets up what do you do you know what would you possibly do at this point to actually clean it up because if you take those people out okay fine you're cleaning that up but they're going somewhere where do they go? What do you do with them? You know, is like, if you think like, well, we want to uh, criminalize camping on the street. Okay, fine. But what you're doing then is just putting them in prison. So the rest well, of the population is still supporting them. And that doesn't even take into consideration the humanity or the ethics of, of doing that. I'm not talking about the ethics. I'm just saying like, what do you do with them? So maybe we take a note from our British forefathers and just find a nice island and start shipping them to it. I know there's a there's a, a nice one that's been recently vacated in in years. <laughs> that's what I've heard. I think You're talking about some... Little St. James Island. <laughs> I don't Epstein's. know. Is that what Epstein's Island is? Because yeah. Okay, yeah. It's, nice. yeah, it's got some okay. nice blue and white decor. Okay, so send the homeless to Epstein Island. Yeah, now, if if I uh, were, what about the FEMA camps? Isn't that what they're for? That's probably what would end up happening. The the governor, if the people woke up and the governor suddenly said we're getting rid of homeless in these cities, they would probably declare a state of emergency so he could activate the national guard, and then they would just shuffle these people out into camps. But that would never probably happen. be better off. Yeah, I'm sure if they did try that, the Biden administration would sue them. Perhaps send them to well, Ukraine. I'm I'm saying let's take that out of it. You're probably who knows, but let's just say that somebody was going to clean it up. How do you clean it up? Because taking them and putting them in a FEMA camp is not technically cleaning it up. Yes, it is removing them from your city, but they're still going somewhere. Yeah, so well, what's the answer in a liberty? world or even in it let's just say that they go by the book big government how do you do it then uh pinoche helicopter ride <laughs> uh i think 
you you would just have to you would just what happens justin when you uh put poison around a anthill the ants take the poison down they feed the queen and the mound dies and it's just a big pile of mud full of dead ants right presumably so i think what would happen <laughs> I, the only answer is to let them wither and die and stop supporting them. Vaccinate them. I mean, I, I know that sounds harsh, but apart from just shuffling them into a camp and relocating them, what is the answer? They are, yeah, they, that's what I'm saying. I don't they're know. A, they're a complete drain on society. So they're not good for human organ trafficking, are they? Because they're so drugged out. So what do you do? Probably true. So like a libertarian China theory could... Yeah could be something like something along the lines of in a stateless society probably there would be wealthy benefactors that would pay for treatment and you know other stuff like contractually if like they agree to work with them um alternatively like someone like a elon musk might just be like um are these homeless people trespassing on your private property because in this hypothetical there is no state property and mm -hmm. then like buy up like a hundred acres and be like look this is the reservation for the homeless people that refuse to not be drug addicts and worthless and they can take care of themselves and you know yada 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 i mean there's a million different yeah. things that would happen but in this yeah, hypothetical, totally we would be living under a free market where people would be rewarded for being able to benefit society and come up with a good answer for this issue. Yeah. Yeah. It would be in a humane, perfect world, so we wouldn't have the problem to start with. It, right. That's really what I I think is kind of because this is something this is not the first time I've thought about this. Like, what do you do at this point anymore? You know, because it does feel like these people are, you know, as, and of course, I believe in self-responsibility, self-ownership, all of that stuff. But at this point, but we're beyond that now. And I don't well, feel good about just saying, okay, we'll just let them die. Um, I think that some people are, have it in them to, to rehabilitate from, you know, drug addiction and, and stuff like that. But it, seems like it's just such a huge overwhelming number and it it just is it just it's so disturbing that because i really feel like this society created this and and we know that people are stoking it intentionally like we know that there are you know that the government was running in drugs right so we know that they did that for cocaine and we know that they did that for crack so I also believe that these pharmaceutical companies are were responsible. Uh, a lot of these people are dealing with opioid addiction. And so that was allowed to happen. It was stoked. It was manifested, whatever you want to say. And now it's like, but now what do you do if you don't want to say, well, just let them die? You know, well, I, I don't know. Step one would be stop incentivizing degenerate behavior. Yeah. You can, you can, yeah, well, that's the thing. You could decriminalize the drugs. That would that would make it, uh, you know, uh, that would bring a, an economy in there that would facilitate these people, and 
they would have uh, they would probably wouldn't be as much crime obviously all the all the benefits of decriminalizing drugs you know that's there um well, you guys have um, um shooting rooms there did they ever do that in america they do. like probably yeah. on the west coast yeah, yeah. Right. and new york um, I don't think that they call it that, but like a safe use site or something like that. But see, that's the thing is that it seems like even with these very progressive ideas of like a safe use site and a widely available uh, Narcan, things like that, it does not seem to matter. And even the idea, like, I agree with you, Kill, the whole we that's kind of a libertarian or liberty, whatever idea that drugs really should not be criminalized. But in these places, you when you see the people on the street, they talk about open air drug markets. They it for all intents and purposes, there it is decriminalized, and it's it's still really ugly. But let me counterpoint that with let's not forget that this all started when drugs were legal or illegal. So the current system already created this. Mm-hmm. Yes, for That's sure. The thing. That's what, yeah. Ideally, I mean, as you said, Ashley, and also you alluded to, Justin, we've created the problem. And, you know, I mean, there's there's obviously down and outs and then there's the really rich. So because society in a perfect world, because society created it, we should be fixing it. You know, those people with lots of money should be looking after these people. They can't look after themselves. That's a humane world. In reality, this was created and orchestrated. So that's not yeah. going to happen, is it? Yeah, it's in in the past, the the community would have taken over for these things. Your local churches yeah. and ministries right. and exactly. neighbors, and, brothers. Um, and without but, the policies and the incentivization of it from a government perspective, it never would have gotten. Yeah, well, in fact, people flock. Homeless people flock to the California because the government will actually pay them to be homeless. Yeah, and yeah, then well, they I mean, can also. They can go shoplift shit and no one's going to stop them. So it's not, it's, we aren't saying like libertarianism. We're saying anarcho tyranny. Mm. And look at those people that are, I don't know where they were. I think it was San Francisco. The people that are heavily armed, open carry with, you know, big guns. And they have to do that so that they won't get hassled by the cops for feeding the homeless. Yep. Mm. It's insane. It is insane. Can't, it's even, very... can't even look after them if they want to. It's just ridiculous. I, I yeah. bet, I bet you know, just like any libertarian fantasy, if you remove the government from the equation, then the the problem seems to naturally work itself out through the free market healing and, itself and charity yeah. and people coming together in the community and all this kind of stuff. So if you if you remove people's expectations that the government's going to do anything for this there will be a natural solution brought about. So, yeah. And in, yeah. in the meantime, I say just let it burn so that people can see what they're actually getting. Yeah. And I, you know, I visited Portland once uh, when I, I got married out there and I spent a really? week in Portland. It was a nice, it was a nice town, but there was a lot of homeless people and it was a demographic I wasn't used to. Yeah. Well, even uh, not long ago when I had the extreme displeasure of driving through Fayetteville, North Carolina, there was a tent city. I mean, it was nothing compared to these major, you know, major cities like Portland, but right there on the side of the road, there was just like a group of tents. And I was like, what, what is happening? Like, 
that just went, you know, when I was growing up, you never saw stuff like that, or at least I didn't. I mean, I wasn't, you know, in like inner city area very much, but it's just, it's so bizarre. It's a problem. All right. Well, um, have you got anything else to say about that, Kiels? Uh, I could also add that at the time I was in Portland, that was around the time when the Occupy Wall Street people were everywhere. And Portland was a big center of that. And we get, we saw, we were walking through the square in Portland and we saw all of the protesters getting ready and they had their signs and they're getting their signs tied up and everything. And they were in a big crowd and we walked around this corner and there was just a big row, two by two SWAT guys all dressed up in, in uh, their SWAT gear and stuff. And they had a, a tank ready to go. <laughs> So yeah. we were, I mean, they were, they were like getting themselves psyched up and everything. And we were walking on by and I was, I took a couple pictures of them as we passed by them, but I was like, we need to get the fuck out of here because it's about to get all nasty. That annoys me so much. Yeah. Okay. We'll get the SWAT for fucking protesters because that's so horrible. But meanwhile, you know, 10 years later, however long it's been now since Occupy Wall Street. Now we're just going to let our city be robbed. Like uh, just any Walgreens just be completely ripped uh-huh. over. Well, you know, so have you guys seen the meme where it's like JP Morgan, like Occupy Wall Street. And it's just like a bunch of team, like pissed off people, like standing out in their lawn, like with all their signs, like, like basically like destroy the bankers. And then you fast forward like 2020, you have like JP Morgan and Citibank with like their gay fla- gay pride flags and everything else. It was like it was really easy to just subvert those people into yes, not only compliance but like serfdom worship. Yes, it's yep. like a it's the Drake meme, right? So they're like big banks eh, when you're occupying Wall Street, but then as soon as they have Pride Month, they're like, mm-hmm. it's yeah, and it's. I, the first person I heard with this thought was Dave Smith from Part of the Problem, where he actually pointed out, like, like what's the difference between Occupy Wall Street now? And it's like J.P. Morgan and all these massive banks and corporations are all... I feel like they pushed the woke shit from the top down in order to gain compliance from all of these mobs. Brainless yeah. twits all yeah. around. Yep, and also for division. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Biggest part of it, probably. All right, like, well, I think we better move on. <laughs> we we can't have you guys, you know, protesting out here while we're robbing the country blind. Exactly. So I'm sorry. Clown go, world. Please, go ahead. <laughs> uh, we'll ponder that one. All right, uh, next time, uh, next we've got uh, Ashley. What have you brought to the table today? Well, I'm glad that you asked. Um, mine is a quick little story, and it's a bit of an update, as we had talked about recently, the concern that there is a serial killer operating out of Austin, Texas, and it has been brought up in the Discord, and I think I mentioned it to on that particular day, but there's some concern that it's not only a serial killer, but that it is maybe associated with the smiley face killers. And there was uh shout out Jen, the ninja for 
putting me on to the William Ramsey Investigates podcast, and I was listening to some of his work about it, and he believes that this may even be a network operating in different places because and, and have have done so for quite a while because of the similarities in these killings that are happening in various places. So you had the original thought of the smiley face killer in uh, like in the Northeast New York City area. And now in today's day and time, we have what's happening in Austin, Texas. He also pointed out some murders that fit this bill or deaths that fit the bill in Boston and Chicago currently happening. So that is, um, you know, a little more information on that. And then in Austin this week, there were reports of a gunshot or gunshots and then they ended up, the police ended up finding a car, uh, a bullet-ridden car was pulled from Ladybird Lake Monday morning. So there was no one in the car, and it was a submerged vehicle. And it doesn't necessarily seem to be a direct tie-in with these deaths that we have seen occur. And just as a side mm-hmm. note, it's eight deaths in Ladybird Lake in Austin, Texas in the last year. And, but it... In some of what I was listening to about that lake, apparently it's actually very small. So it's just weird that they would have a bullet-ridden car be pulled from the lake with all these other goings-on. So it's not necessarily a huge update, but it's just another little tidbit in that story that makes it, you know, it's just another little piece of the puzzle that doesn't solve anything, but it's interesting. Sounds like a popular dumping ground. Yeah. Has there been speculation that these are gang-related? No. Uh, there has not been the speculation. So my, or at least from who I listen to. So what I've listened to is a podcast that William Ramsey did where he interviewed a journalist who was based in Austin, Texas, who's studying this stuff. And then he went on, uh, I cannot chuck a... I don't have his last name right now off the top of my head. My apologies. But he went on another podcast where he was explaining what he thought and nothing gang related was mentioned at all. And especially William Ramsey seems to think that there is the serial killer element because of the similarities of the victim. Now, what and what, what were those? I apologize. Oh, I don't recall uh, the details of this. That's of okay. The so they are usually like early 30s-ish uh males that are in pretty good shape they are like pretty good looking and they are well they just people think that they went out for a night of drinking at rainy street but there's a speculation that maybe someone is actually drugging them um with you know like roofie or date rape drug or something like that and that's how because some other people have had reports I learned this since I originally talked about it, that they would have, you know, they had like two drinks and then they were totally obliterated. So they thought that something was going on um, in that regard, potentially. Sounds like don't fuck with cats. Oh, I never watched that. Sella, FYI, that's a documentary that was on Netflix. It was a tough one. Okay, thank you. (laughs) Like, like. It's a it's a tough one. I don't recommend it. But basically it was the same like gay guy going around murdering gay guys. 
because they yeah. were messing with oh. his cats? No, it's called "Don't Mess with Cats" because um, before he started killing people, he was killing cats and posting the videos online. And then the internet was like, the internet loves cats, so they weren't going to stand for this. And then they did their own sleuthing and found the guy and uh, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, I never watched that because um, I'm interested in stuff like that, but I'm not interested in any kind of detail about that. That's like a little. Well, I'm interested yeah, in mystery, but I'm not interested in that. It was yeah. animal, animal mutilation is a telltale sign of a future serial killer. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't I can't stand that. I don't want to hear anything about anybody hurting an animal like that. It's more upsetting when like an animal was abused than like an elder. <laughs> Pretty messed up. I mean, it's it's both disturbing. It's disturbing that people. It's all disturbing. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm just saying when I'm watching a movie and like they're beating up a dog, like a cute little puppy, versus like they're pushing like an old lady around at the nursing home, I'm more <laughs> upset by the puppy. How many of these types of movies do you watch where that happens? <laughs> what are you watching, man? <laughs> It's it's like I, it's that's like how like most nineties kids movies start with like a bully fucking maybe not kids beating movies, up puppies like teen movies yeah <laughs> wonder we are where we are bloody hell just look yeah. at um, um stand by me when did they bully an animal in that movie? I don't know but there was a I dead was like, person I think yeah, I felt they... more bullied when I had to when having to watch that movie than anything they did in the movie. Anyway, uh, it's it's a weird it's a weird situation and I was not aware of overlapping deaths happening in Boston and Chicago or or I don't mean to say overlapping but deaths similar. of a similar exactly yeah I was not aware of that so I thought that the idea or the thought that this was potentially a network was very interesting. Um, that had not occurred to me at all. Now, normally when I think of the network situation, I think of like the the pedo predator class that traffic children. But this doesn't appear, you know, this isn't like that. It's it's very strange. So um those again, two places not... where the similar murders are taking place. One was Texas. What was the other one? Boston. There's Boston and Chicago. So they're not really near each other, are they? Texas, no. Boston, no, Chicago. They're right so but. I was just wondering whether there was any investigation going on about somebody who might be doing the, all the same murders, like somebody who moves around or for work so, goes into those states. Perhaps there is a similar gang in existence at all three of those cities. Or hey, it could be aliens. Awesome. Could be aliens. It could that's be aliens. They, <laughs> they, they were mutilating cattle recently too. So. I know. Uh, that's, where, yeah. that's where I was going. Um. Yes. So they're not close in proximity. There was the discussion that potentially this was a vagrant. You know, somebody who had a means to get in and out of the city, or potentially a traveler, or something like that. Now, it would be weird in the case of Austin because this has been eight people that have been found 
However, it was spaced out throughout the whole year. Now, it seems like it's about once a month, something like that, from what I've seen the last few. So I guess it's possible that someone is traveling um, and doing that. And, you know, I suppose it could be something gang related. But the thought that I was talking when you brought that up, Kiel, what I was thinking is that I didn't hear a mention of them having a gang problem. Like the only city that I know of that does have a gang problem of those three is Chicago. Um, not that it doesn't exist. I'm not saying that, but it just wasn't necessarily brought up that this seems to be gang gang related. And the other thing in a gang situation, I would think that you may have mutilation. You may have an actual weapon, you know, like a bullet wound or a stabbing or something like that. But none of these bodies are showing that kind of trauma that they've been murdered. I would guess if it's something like this and if it's gang related, it could be something like an initiation type thing. Right. But in, in, and I'm not saying that it's impossible, but I'm saying in most, at least that I have heard of in, um, you know, I, I, I don't know, uh, common times, they would need to shoot someone or like stab them or harm them. They don't give them like a date rape drug and drown them. You never know. Times are changing. Yeah. Just thinking that, that progressive. That's true. That is and true. I, I know there is definitely lots of gangs in Austin, uh, especially the, you know, the Mexican gangs, MS-13 type stuff. Right. And we all well, know that's, Chicago, quite valid. that's, that's the, the classic gangland city and Boston is, they have gangs too. I mean, they have mafia for sure. I, I don't disagree with any of that, but I just think normally in a gang situation, even if it's initiation, you see some form of harm to the body. I've never heard of just like a gang, not that doesn't exist, but being like date raping or, giving the date rape drug and like drowning someone and these were like you said these were gay men no i don't know that they're all gay because i was just well, thinking like said that initially i think in that the initial report some of them were or maybe it was in my initial report but i don't recall i mean they seem like they are but i don't know how you would know unless they were specifically at a gay bar or Something like that. Yeah, unless well, they um, did the post-investigations and found mm -hmm. If they were on Austin, there's a pretty good chance they were gay. Hey, it's it's very possible. Really? It is. Well, it's just a super liberal city, but they all are. Right. Well, there you go. A tragic yeah. story. And I, on any, by any slice of the, any way you slice it. I blame True. video games. Grand Theft I blame, Auto. I blame rock music. Mm, that fucking Marilyn Manson. Mm, mm -mm. I think it all contributes. I blame the government. Anyway, um, thank you for bringing that. I don't blame <laughs> Are the you government. Done, Ashley? Is that I love my government. <sighs> yeah, that's it for mine. <laughs> Did you hear that AI? You got that? <laughs> uh, my gov I love my government and my AI overlords. 
We all quit love throw, Quit throwing us under the bus, Justin. Hey, I'm just, I'm just like, I'm just making my feelings clear. Yeah, you're investing in the future. It's a good move. All right. Well, thank you for bringing that. And uh, what have we got next, Justin? Justin, what have you got uh, for us today? Yes, ma'am. So, well, you know, speaking of loving my government, um, I don't want anyone listening to maybe take this at, you know, um, to hold this against me. I'm just reporting the news that is in front of me. So this is not necessarily my opinions. So this one's from three pro the, 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 the freethoughtproject.com um, from April 28th. So it's a few days old. Uh, but lawmakers argue that weed must be kept illegal to protect the jobs of police dogs. And um, this is out of Minnesota where they recently just passed a bill. <clears throat> excuse me. Recently passed a bill to legalize non-medical marijuana for individuals 21 and over uh, with a vote of 71 to 59. Uh, however, Republican state rep Brian Johnson uh, voiced his concerns over the costs associated with retiring police dogs trained to sniff out cannabis. So he's concerned if we make marijuana illegal, like, well, how much money are we going to have to spend? Because he's fiscally, you know, conservative. So he doesn't want to waste money, even though that it costs between twelve and fifteen thousand uh, dollars to train a police dog. Uh, so, I mean, that's pretty much it. But um, another uh, Minnesota state rep, uh, I'm sorry, state senator, uh, also Republican, previously raised the police dog discussion during a committee hearing limiting the thousands and thousands of dollars spent on training these furry narcs. Uh, <laughs> it's just really funny what, what they decide to become fiscally responsible on. That's a fantastic point. It's like, oh, okay, so we can send $100 billion to Ukraine, but you can't afford to retire a police dog? Yeah, it's... Okay. Yeah. What do you think costs more, retiring a police dog or keeping someone with a pound of weed uh, in a cage for three years of their lives. That's insane. And why are they so uh, they so worried about the uh, the jobs of police dogs? But they're not worried about right. the jobs of people. Well, and let's not forget that the number one crusaders against drug legalization of any kind are the police union. Because are you really going to need this many police if we aren't busting people for plants? Probably not. Right. Now, when we were talking about this before the show, the point was brought up and, you know, I don't think we have the answer, but I think it's interesting to look into what is the actual process of retiring a police dog? Because Kill thought that you, you may just have to put the dog down um, and that's possible. I don't know, but I think it's worth looking into, you well, know, what is, what is the, the pr process? Yeah, I, I had another thought too uh, that occurred to me. Why can't they just uh, sell or transfer these dogs to a different precinct that still has a that still has the drug laws in place? And why can't the if they can't do that because there's nobody to keep like they can't have a new handler or something? They won't warm up to a new handler. I don't know. Then send the handler with them. I mean, why is this not just well, we don't need this aspect. We don't need this 
part of the the police department anymore. So we can. It's just like if they if they stopped um, collecting speeding tickets in a jurisdiction, and then they they have to get rid of their police cruisers, so they just sell them to a different department or whatever, or a different uh, precinct. That, that it's an it's a resource that they could just. They don't need well, to retire it. I mean, but maybe they can get a you know maybe they can get like a hundred grand of taxpayer dollars to study what would be the best thing to do with retiring police dogs. Probably, <laughs> that's probably. Yeah, I know that the handler and the dog are pretty much they're like together all the time. So yeah, yeah the separation might not be a good thing, as you say. Um, but yeah, possibly moving the handlers around. But I mean, that's a logical explanation. Yeah. You know, that's a logical um, solution. Well, so I'm, I'm glad that. I'm glad that Ashley brought this up because that's a great segue for me. Because when I saw this story from the three free thought project, I thought to myself, this sounds a little familiar. And uh, once I read the article, they linked to a previous article they had written on May 8th of 2018 um, titled Illinois police just can't claimed if marijuana is legalized, they'll have to kill their police dogs. Uh, police are now threatening the public, claiming they may have to euthanize drug dogs if marijuana becomes legal because they were trained to be antisocial. <laughs> yeah, they're always appealing to the emotion, of course. <laughs> yeah. And that, that's what I was saying about, like, you know, when a dog, when like a cute little dog gets hurt, you know, you care about it more than a human because, like, <laughs> who doesn't love a cute dog? But it's, you know, you, who you don't most people don't care about someone that they don't know like they probably had it coming yeah it's the innocent sort of side of it that a dog or whatever can't understand or make up their mind about things but a person can yeah. i think that's where that comes from yeah there's a yeah. good little cool good uh, lesson to be learned here that everyone should use in their daily lives if a piece of legislation or a law is being uh sold based on an emotional response then tell yourself in your head this is probably not a good piece of legislation or a law to implement they are trying to play on your, yeah they're trying to play on your feelings so don't buy into it they're literally saying that you should value the lives of our police dogs more than you should value the lives of your sons daughters brothers parents yeah. Uh, because I mean, the marijuana, like there's, there's still people sitting in jail on life sentences for marijuana related crimes, whether it's, you know, moving a whole bunch of it at once, or maybe they had a gun while they had their marijuana, which is, you know, a whole nother issue. Uh, and that was, what's funny. It was it last year when Biden, pardoned all federal inmates that were in jail for marijuana possession i don't remember that i don't remember joe biden ever I, doing anything that rational yeah well there well, was a catch though justin tell them yeah so it sounds rational like oh that's great guess how many people were sitting in federal jail on mm. charges of just marijuana possession zero <laughs> zero yeah <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great, right? But once you ask one question, oh, how many people is that? Oh. Yes, question yeah, everything. The other thing um, 
you know, about the police departments. And we've talked about this a lot, but it is a money making operation for them. And I think that's what it boils down to is that they can charge people. They can get money for giving people tickets for weed or what, whatever they're up to, uh, just like speeding tickets, that's a revenue stream for them. And that's ultimately why. And it's not just for them. It's for the judges, the prosecutors, the ADAs, the entire uh, system. Yeah. The, the record keepers, the clerks, everything. And the prisons themselves are uh, private, aren't they? So that's business. Yeah. That, that varies state by state. Um, I actually used to be a for private prison kind of guy, but then you end up with the issue of private prison stocks are based on how many prisoners that they have in jail. So now they're incentivized financially to literally throw people in cages. So yeah, the government would never idea. do that. Yeah. <laughs> so... I don't know what the answer is besides just legalization. That is the answer. Any Man. any any politician that tells you otherwise is won't you think? Won't you think of the children? Yeah, fuck all that. That's that's a bunch well, of bullshit. A bunch of horseshit. And the number one issue, like the number one argument with legalized drugs, is people will be like, "Oh, but then I don't want someone making meth next door to me," or. Just look at what's happening in Chicago or Los Angeles with all the homeless. And again, I'll just point out that these things were already happening under the current status quo with drugs being illegal. So you don't want to change something because of how something was, how terrible something is without the change. Like that's completely like circular logic. It's really dumb. I've got a uh, something to add to that. So, you say you don't want uh, drug drug people living next door that are making drugs in the house next door to you. How many um, people manufacture uh, medical supplies in the house next to you? None. You know why? Because they're all making medical supplies down at the medical supply a hub that's somewhere else or you know way far away from you so you know industries tend to congregate around each other because it's convenient they don't have to ship their resources around as much and probably my guess would be in a uh, decriminalized society drug manufacturing centers would all be in one area so unless that area is right next to you you're never going to see somebody cooking meth in a bathtub because they're going to you have a much nicer facility downtown where all the other drug product- producing companies are and drug whatevers. So right, so like the free, basically, you're saying the free market would incentivize a better means of production, yeah, um, as opposed to your home bathtub. And I think that's a good point. And the other thing that I think about that is just because it's legal or not legal whatever if somebody's gonna make fucking meth in their house they're going to do it whether it's legal or not like yeah. especially meth yeah. that's mm-hmm. a wild card yep yeah. 
And yeah, and the only difference is they might know about it. <laughs> the person right. might know that it's going on next well, door if it's legalized. So I I, I mean I would I would imagine that people, even if they were cooking at home in a legal society, they would still want to keep it on the down low because that's just opening themselves up for robbery. Um, mm. And then if there was free market sales of methamphetamine, you would have companies like advertising how pure and safe this is and give you like recommended doses and yada, yada, yada. And you would have recourse as a customer if they were making bad stuff. You could sue them. Yeah. All sorts of wonderful benefits to not having <laughs> illegal drugs. If Mountain Dew puts rat poison in your Mountain Dew and you drink it and get sick, then you can sue them. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's. I mean, but really, if, that's all. That's all the laws you need is just like, don't hurt me or my stuff. all we need then yeah one day uh, do you think it's ever achievable <laughs> i mean we're watching everything collapse in front of us so yeah I, the system I, I, is falling apart you know i think it's going to be more and more achievable because as as government grows and consumes more sectors of our economy and more sectors of our lives people are going to be more and more frustrated by all that and so the government's going to have to release its control on the, the drug market in order for people to have more drugs to mellow them out. Like, you know, the, the whole Brave New World, whatever the hell that drug Soma. was. Yeah, Soma. Soma. It's, and, and what they do in North Korea. I think uh, they have meth is, is widely available in North Korea to everybody there because it's so clamped down. They would all, you know, they would have too much trouble on their hands if people weren't able to you know tranquilize themselves there is actually a psychedelic mushroom called the soma soma mushroom and that's also i think that's the greek word for body um because i had an interaction with someone recently and she i needed an ink pen she handed me a pen and it said soma and i was like why do you have a pen with the word for you know, with the drug from Brave New World. And she's like, that's the name of my church. <laughs> oh, what? And then, yeah. And then there, uh, we actually, uh, there was a pastor there and he said, that's the Greek word for body or it's like used as like the body of Christ. Hmm. Oh, okay. So I, I was like, I didn't know that, but that's the drug that they talk about in Brave New World. So that was weird. And there's no way, in my opinion, that that was an accident no. um, on the part of the author. Are we? Are you guys aware that there is actually a medicine called Soma? No. It's a, yeah, it's a based on the mushroom, reactor. I think. It's synthesized from Stella's mushrooms? Um, it's a muscle relaxer. I don't know what it's made from. Hmm. Probably synthesized from the mushrooms, yeah. Interesting. They All usually right. keep ingredients pretty tight to their chest. The plot. <laughs> yeah. Brought to you by Pfizer. Had to be ordered to release all their stuff, didn't they? Uh, okay, well, is that one done? Is that story... Are we done with that one? I reckon. Okie dokie. <laughs> Completely done with that. 
Well, I was going to bring um, a bit of news about COVID excess deaths in Australia, but basically there's been a lot of excess deaths and I don't want to talk about it. So, um, you know, it's the same with everywhere pretty much. You've got to be blind if you can't look up a few statistics. So I'm going to talk about a love story instead. Love involving that. Brown, involving dangerous, venomous brown snakes. Mm, I thought this was going to be like a meat cute. Eh, maybe it still is. Please continue. <laughs> Stand by. <laughs> so it, this is actually local to me in, uh, in Lismore. Um, there's been a number of snakes around. There's been quite a lot, actually. Um, I've, I've called the lady, the lady, the reptile lady. <laughs> Poor thing. I've called her a couple of times, but that was about lizards, just getting them out of sticky situations. But uh, she was telling me that, yeah, there's been stacks of snakes. Anyway, what happened with this one was uh, there was a lady who – noticed a distressed-looking brown snake tapping on her glass sliding door. And uh, naturally, she was very alarmed. And uh, so she rang the reptile people who – where were they from? Anyway, they're the local people. And uh, when they turned up, they actually found that there was another snake that was caught caught in some sort of situation in a pit and it couldn't get out. Um, So the reptile inspector – basically um, said, I think that the snake was asking for help to get its partner out because when they went outside, the snake that had been tapping on the glass just sort of slithered away a little bit, but it was watching from a distance. And then when they let the other snake out of this hole, it went over to the other snake and they ended up together again. So it was all happy. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, this. Sorry, go ahead. (laughs) There's a lot of stories about, animals asking for help from mm-hmm. humans. And I would love, love to think that that is what happened. <laughs> That's interesting because I never, I mean, I, I have heard those stories too. In this case though, it's very weird that it's a snake because you never think of them as, you know, like caring for other snakes. Yeah. I think of mm. them as like Dick Cheney. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, when snakes are in heat, they probably emit pheromones, and so one sees the other one in distress that it wants to get with, and he was he was yeah. probably tapping on the glass so that the human inside would have opened it. The brown snake could have bit the human, killed it, and dragged it back to the pit, so then the two of them could have feasted on the corpse, and then he would have <laughs> wooed his, his snaky girlfriend. Well, the inspector seems to think that there there is a certain amount of sentience in the snakes. Mm. So, so it was tapping very dramatically. Huh. And when the first snake fled the scene, it waited not too far away as the second snake was rescued in a delicate mission. Um, they had to inch it out bit by bit. And it was released and went off. And the first snake's actions resulted in the trapped snake being saved. So... There you go. Yeah. And it's the, the eastern brown snake is Australia's second most venomous snake after the inland taipan, uh, which is believed to be the Australia's deadliest snake responsible for most fatalities. Nice. So, yeah, I mean, there was a brown snake just out fr- outside our front door a few days, you know, a couple of weeks ago. It was a fairly, fairly big one. They're around. My insensitive so- comment I was going to make was, once they rescued the first, the, the second snake that was in the pit and the two reunited, 
is that they did the guys wait until that point when their heads were lined up and that's when they gave them the chop. So you get <laughs> at the same time, right? They're protected. Get in big are trouble they, if you kill a snake. Are they really? Yes. Absolutely. What do you expect from a country? Over. What do you expect from a country of reptilians? <laughs> now listen, yeah, I, no, you I, can't kill one. I don't like I don't kill snakes or anything like that. I kill other vermin, but I leave snakes alone. If but if I found a, a an actual poisonous snake in my yard, I would probably chop its head off with a shovel. That's what I was gonna ask. Even if it was a copperhead, you would leave it alone, but you answered my question. Yeah. Oh my gosh, if you've seen how fast these things can move. I'm sure that your snakes move fast too. Well, uh, no, I wouldn't be going anywhere near it. <laughs> mo- These things. In, in reality, though, our snakes, the especially the poisonous ones, they they aren't aggressive. You know, they unless you pin them down or you get them cornered or something, they're not probably not going to bother you. But I mean, I wouldn't leave that to chance with a young kid, and you know, in my house playing around in the backyard and stuff. Uh, but I do have other snakes. I found a big um, shit. It was probably five foot long at this point. Uh, snake skin. There, there's a uh, a black rat snake that has been living in my yard forever, and I rarely see it. But boy, does he like to leave snake uh, his skins for us. He'll crawl up in my deck, under my my deck, and like rub his snake skin off on the timbers on the on the deck and then it's just it'll just i'll just notice it once in a while hanging down from the deck and this one had uh land had was sitting just underneath the deck and i looked in my surveillance camera and i found the second the moment when it fell down you didn't get to see the snake but it there's this video of the skin just dropping that's cool onto the ground i'm a black snake um... fan yeah, but uh, if I if it was poisonous and I saw it creeping around the house, I, yeah, I'd probably off it, just because I don't I don't need that kind of snake around my house. I mean, I don't mind some white snake, but other than that, <laughs> yeah. Um, what was but, I going to say? Yeah, Australian snakes are a whole other. That's a whole other yes. bag. You know, I say pretty kill much them all. all poisonous. Yeah, they're pretty much all poisonous. So they they part of the you know they do their job. Um, I've, I used to live on the edge of um, a national park and we'd often have pythons and all sorts of things. And um, I found a diamond python snake skin once and started unraveling it. And I ended up, it was all one whole piece. So I ended up, um, it was 2.4 meters from memory, 2.3, 2.4. Wow. Um, yeah. And I ended up mounting it onto a um, piece of board. That's and cool putting some garden hose around like a frame but yeah it looks we pinned it all out and it looked really cool so we've made a so nice, um, talking point for for americans that don't use meters how long is it oh sorry right. a, a meter four meters like seven or eight feet in it i think a meter point... is 3.3 feet right yeah yeah but it's about right yeah so like seven six, foot long so about snake seven skin? or seven or, yeah yep well, that's not and, unusual What's upsetting about the meter to foot conversion is that most people and places would just call a meter three feet, but it's not. A Mm -hmm. yard Mm -hmm. is three feet. Yeah. A meter is a little bit longer. Yeah, it's like an an inch is two and a half centimeters, but it's not exact. But we don't, we don't get pythons up this far north. We have, there's pythons in South America, 
but you guys in have Florida. Python. Wait, yeah, oh yeah, they have some. They, yeah. are, they aren't natural in Florida, though, right? They no. are correct. They're an invasive species, and they are like they pay people. I, I wish we had uh, one of our Discord. I don't want to call him out. I don't know if he wants us to say, but anyway, um, because he did go hunting in Florida with his son um, to catch that, and I'm pretty sure you get a reward or something yeah. like that if you catch and kill it and turn it in because they are an invasive species there. Yeah. And, shout out to uh you know who you are <laughs> yeah. because people Voldemort. Pets and then they get too big because people are stupid about reptiles and they they don't want to take care of it anymore so they just throw them out in their backyard and well and it. another theory is that people have pet snakes and like a hurricane comes through and oh yeah i'm sure that ah right yeah of course Never thought or about people, that stuff. you know you also before i knew about this story about the the pythons being invasive down in Florida, I, I mean, I wouldn't have done this, but maybe people are like, "Well, I'm I'm letting them go, but they're gonna live. Like they, I'm giving them a chance at life, not oh. knowing that they were going to be, you know, screw up the whole me. environment. Yeah, they yeah, have, they have no natural predators. They they are themselves an apex predator in their own world, you know. So. Unless they're unless they're very unless they're adolescents and then maybe an eagle would would eat one but once they get, you know, six seven eight feet long, nothing is going to eat a giant python. Alligators. Yeah. Well, alligator okay, maybe the but, maybe. Maybe it's a bit cannibalistic. Maybe they don't. But they'll eat whole deer. You know, I mean, it's they they eat large animals. It's. Well, and not to get us too far off topic, but actually, just made me think of like trying to save them. Have you guys seen the video where someone picks up a land turtle and they're like, I'm saving your life, and they throw it into a lake? Uh, I haven't seen that. Oh my god. It's a, fucked a up, man. Yeah, they're like, they're like, oh, they're making a big like TikTok video or something. Like, look at how great I am. And then it drowns to death. You can't throw a tortoise that, in the water. They 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 kept filming. Yeah, well, they thought that they were doing they thought... a good deed. And I don't know why they would even think that, even if it was a, a turtle, like an actual turtle, not a tortoise. If they, why why would they need to throw it into the water? It's probably right, walking just place them the on the water's edge and let them do what they want to do. Yeah, for TikTok clout. Oh, look at how yeah, good of a person much. I am! And then they got absolutely destroyed for yeah. killing a turtle. It was probably two hundred years old. Well, hey, I've seen I've seen Finding Nemo. I know what's up. But wait, I guess that guy was a sea turtle, wasn't it? I retract my statement. Fact check. <clears throat> I'll fact check myself. All right. Yeah. Human fact check your way. Get onto on that, buddy. I'll, I'll, I'll make an I'll write an article on Snopes, and it'll say something like. Uh, uh no uh justin didn't well, did not you know i don't know what it, however how did, it, it wouldn't be directly what it was that i was trying to you know normally fact check how do you get commun how do you do community notes on twitter huh because i so on twitter oh, oh i see what you're saying yeah yeah because i'm thinking like we just need to get community notes added to our podcast, and then 
it'll you know it'll soar and people can just tell us when we're wrong yeah which is never there's always someone ready to do that (laughs) i saw a post once where it was someone that's like whenever i need like help with like coding or something i'll just go on reddit and ask and then i'll log into a different account and give a wrong explanation so that everyone else joins in and they're like, no, you idiot, that's wrong. Here's how you do it. You because, do that? No, uh, so, someone that's something that someone posted, because if you just post like something like that, everyone's going to ignore it. But they're, if, if they get to tell someone how dumb they are in the process of answering, then they're much more likely to join in. That makes so, a lot of sense. That is absolutely genius. But do it you is. do that? Do no. you do that? Or you just have seen people do it? Or, uh, yeah, or that's just something I've seen. That's that's. Genius. I don't use Reddit. But yeah, it's Work the system, baby. You do yeah. use Reddit. I mean, on rare it's Reddit's a shithole country. Calling you out. Reddit is a shithole country, but you literally just like last week you were using Reddit. So they have... It, it is... On very rare occasion, useless. But, like, let's say you find a weird bug on your pants. You can take a picture <laughs> of it and post it to r slash what's this bug. And I'm going to be honest. I only got one reply on it. I probably should have logged into a second account and been like, that's a tarantula, idiot. <laughs> and I would have had 100 comments. They're like, this is what it is. And, you know, posted 100 links and everything else. Well, next time, let me know, um, because you had an upvote, and that upvote was me. <laughs> well, and what's funny is when I checked it, like, still the next, I checked it, like, the next day uh, to see if anyone disputed what the one guy said, and it, it was down to zero votes. So, back to, hey. so that means two people downvoted it. Oh, so it, even <laughs> if, that's funny. So, if. Because you start I... with one. Right. You, you upvoted it to two. And then when I logged in the next day, it was down to zero. Wow. But why wouldn't they just say, like, you have two upvotes and you have two downvotes? Because Reddit is a shithole country. <laughs> it sure as hell is. All right. Well, on that note, I think we should probably wrap up. Sorry, Stella. Uh... We went off the rails on a crazy train. <laughs> <sighs> You've crossed the boundary into uh, the bonus gear. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you very much, everyone, for bringing your stories today. Thank you, everyone who's been listening. And uh, I think we've pretty much done. So please join us again for our next Not Your Mama's News next week. Until then, we are not quite out yet. Peels. (laughs) Ashley, how can people not listening to this or how can people other than this show other than how can people, people get, get in touch with us actually? yes thank you <laughs> pulling me do, out we have, do we have a website that might list our twitter discord youtube rumble etc i'm glad you asked we actually do it's our link tree and it's union of the unknowns.com that is our website that's where you can go to find everything that we have which, as Justin was just listing off, is significant. We've got tons of ways to get in touch with us. We would love to hear from you. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you for that interjection. (laughs) Take care, everyone. Talk to you soon. Bye. Farewell. Bye.
Not Your Mama's News has been a production of the Union of the Unknowns podcast. New episodes are available weekly on all your favorite podcasting networks.